Do you have goals for your life? Do you want to grow in God? Join me as we deep dive into real and relevant strategies that ignite you to seek God and slay goals. Hey, y'all. Get ready for a discussion about life, business, relationships, and more, all from a biblical perspective. And I'm your host, Felicia L. Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. And today we are going to be talking to my friend, my sister, my twin, Rachel Hannibal. She is a personal finance coach and she has a dope story of financial freedom. And so um, I really want her to come in, share her story. And then we'll be just talking about, um, you know, finances as it relates to kingdom-minded people, um, and just she'll be giving some budgeting um, and financial advice. So Rachel, how are you? I'm unstoppable. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Cannot complain. Still glad to be here. Yes, yes. So let's start. I I love a good story. So let's start. Just give people your background um, and then just kind of go into your story of financial freedom. Well, I am uh, the youngest of four on my mom's side. I'm the only girl, and uh, we grew up in uh, North Philadelphia, and those who uh, listen to this podcast probably knows exactly what that means, uh, who has <laughs> ever uh, <laughs> heard about or been around in North Philadelphia, but uh, we were uh, struggling financially, and everyone around us was struggling financially, and so I uh, just kind of grew up with uh, just, you know, trying to make ends meet in this that household, that single parent household, just trying to do what we can from week to week, month to month. And uh, it just hit me that, you know, there's more to life. There has to be more to life. And I, I just started my journey on figuring out what that more uh, was, just trying to educate myself on um, just a little bit of but some budgeting tips and things like that. And as I got older, more into college and even afterwards, just strengthening uh, my knowledge on, you know, stock markets and things like that. And so I started my journey to become completely debt free, including all of my student loans. So I paid my way through school and then paid everything off. <laughs> and so uh, including my new car at the time, I had a brand new car uh, at the time and I had some credit card debt too. So I just set out a, a set out to be completely debt free. I knew that I didn't know anyone who was debt free, and so I said uh, I would like to do that. And, and a lot of people told me it wasn't possible, but I'm glad I stuck stuck with that goal and, and on my path to financial freedom. I love that story. I love it, and I the part that kind of was your turning point, I guess, where I think a lot of people can relate is where you said there has to be more to life than this. Yeah. And I mean, that's just such a real feeling. You know, I think a lot of people feel that not necessarily always related to their finances. It could be, but it could be, you know, career or family or relationships. Sometimes we just get to that point where we're like, there has to be more, you know, especially if you're a believer, you're like, okay, God promised me more than what I'm living. And so now what do I have to do to really experience that? So I love that you shared that part of your story. Um, So why, 
So, okay, talk a, a little bit about why you do what you do as a personal finance coach. We know you experienced um, financial freedom, getting to debt freedom, and I know you're not telling the whole story. <laughs> so I'll let you finish the story because there's more to it. <laughs> so you know what? I will tell this part of it too. So, and I've actually never really told this story out loud. So this is exclusive information. Exclusive, <laughs> yes. So I remember uh, being younger and my oldest brother, there are nine years between us. So he's nine years older than I am. And he had gotten a refund. He gotten some money from school, from college. And he cashed the check and brought all the cash home to us. And he sat us all down. He gave us a just a story about how money, you know, makes people feel powerful and how money just, um, you know, changes people's mindsets and things like that. And then how, how most people in our area are never going to be able to really experience the full, just the power that comes with having money and owning things. And then he just laid all this money out on the bed and he, you know, divvied it up for us. And he's like, let's go to the corner store. And I'm never going to forget this. We go with North Philadelphia, four little kids. Going to the corner store, everybody at the corner store know, remember us from being broke. So now here we go. <laughs> We're coming with these wads of cash. And he was right. We were walking funny. Like our shoulders were bouncing a little bit more to the corner. And we weren't even looking for traffic. I remember my other brother saying, uh, the cars need to look out for us. We don't need to look out for them. <laughs> and so it was like. Our whole swag changed. Like, we didn't even talk to the, the little, quote, unquote, little people we normally would talk to on the way to the store. And we got there, and we just was, like, putting everything on the counter. And it's like, wait a minute, who's going to pay for this? And, and you going to pay for this, Rachel? We were going back and forth, and the guy at the counter was like, what are these broke kids doing here buying up all this stuff? Are they about to rob the place? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, I mean, we just got stupid stuff i mean we we filled that whole counter up with just the dumbest things ever but and we paid for it all in cash and walked back with like more bags than we could carry and my brother was so right i remember that it was like someone said you have the power now like when he gave us that money i could i could feel us walking differently i could feel us thinking differently like i could feel it and so I was like, that's, that was really the spark of like, wow, money, it really is powerful. You know what I mean? And the older I got an understanding as far as budgeting and, and as far as money management and as far as just knowing that our, our triggers or our relationship with money is sealed by the age of seven, I realized that for a lot of us, we don't really have income. We don't have an income problem. We just have a money management problem or we have a spending problem or we just have low self-esteem problems. Um, there are I was constantly surrounded by like so many uh, brilliant people in North Philadelphia. I mean, just so many people who are so talented and they were sitting on like million and billion dollar businesses, but no one ever told them that, that North Philadelphia didn't have to be their final resting place. And so mm. I wanted to be that person for a lot of people now. I wanted them to know how powerful money and freedom and peace and all those things could be. But to also plant that seed to let them know that where you are now does not have to be your final resting place. And so that was really like the, the, the seed that really, uh, you know, pushed me forward into believing that this is something I need to do for people. 
Wow, that's so powerful. And you talked about how, um, you know, when you were younger, how you said you once you all got the money, you started thinking differently. And yeah. I think that's um, that's something that we should talk about the mindset. Uh, when it comes to, you know, your finances, your financial freedom. Um, there's a scripture, um, Proverbs 13, 22, it says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So talk a little bit about, you know, the mindset shifts coming from inner city, not growing up with money. Talk about the mindset shifts that have to take place for, for us as kingdom believers to really live out this scripture. Well, the Bible is so clear on how we should handle our money. I mean, it's all throughout there. The Bible talks about money a whole lot, um, about paying our debts, about saving, about um, measuring the cost, about all those things, you know, it's budgeting, about all those things. And yes, of course, leaving, leaving an inheritance, but we have to view money as a seed. You know, I mean, I, I feel like we say this a lot when we're talking about giving our seed, our offerings, um, but we don't really think of it as, a seed when it comes to kind of like everything else, everything else with our children, our grandchildren, um, with our community, all the powerful things that we can do if we are putting those those seeds in the right places and and taking care of them and watering them and making sure that they grow. And and I, and I think that um again we weren't really uh we don't really have those conversations as much as I would like for us to have when it comes to our churches, when it comes to our community centers and things like that. Um, we should talk about that stuff all the time. Like, what is your net worth? How do you even calculate that? Uh, how will your grandkids remember you? Uh, how, will your great grandkids even know you exist? Mm. Nine times out of 10, the only way they will know your name is if you leave them something. Um, and so will they even know your name? You know, there's, there's two ways you can go about this. Either you're leaving a mark or you're leaving a stain. And you kind of have to, you have to wonder if which one, which one am I going to do? You have to wonder which one am I going to do. I mean, we talk about the mindset shift. You have to understand how much power you have. I know that it's been said multiple times that the number one obstacle to wealth is anger. And that's because we've been wasting so much time blaming other people for why we're not ahead financially. And, and we, we're giving that power away. And so the only way to, you know, move forward is to take, you know, take, that control back and uh and, and let go of that anger we wish mom should have told us this or dad should have told mm. us this this person um and so we have all the tools around us we have the tools in our, our our toolbox is definitely full we just have to use them and then we have to take advantage of the people that god has put around us who are good with these things as well just like we know to go to the doctor he's good with you know and god has placed certain people to uh help us on, on our path to to where he wants us to be and i don't think god wants us all to be broke i don't know where we got that from right <laughs> <laughs> but nine out of the ten prayer requests i normally get has something to do with money so <laughs> you want to be able to be an answer to prayer for God's people. And the only way you can do that is if you have some. <laughs> Amen. So there's, there's a new mindset shift that we definitely have to, uh, we definitely have to move, move towards, you know, doing what the Bible says um, we should do and how we should handle our money. Yeah. And I think um, that's so good. You said, are you going to leave a mark or leave a stain? And I think if we were just more conscious with 
thoughts like that as we were, you know, going throughout the day, as we were thinking about what we're about to spend our money on, you know, as we're deciding if we're going to start the business or if we're going to manage our money properly, having those types of thoughts um, would really help us just to be progressive in our finances. And I also just think it's a thing where you mentioned it a little bit. We don't talk about finances in the black church. And I don't, I don't know where that started or how that came about, but it's like a taboo subject. We don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's accountability portion to that. I think um, I, I have seen that a lot of our leaders are not where they should be financially. And so they don't really, uh, they don't have the conversations themselves or they don't feel comfortable having those conversations themselves. And so they don't feel comfortable bringing other people in to have those conversations as well. Mm -hmm. That's kind of deep though. But the resources are definitely out there. Like you said, uh, well, I know for me, when I was, you know, just trying to get better with my finances, I didn't know, I didn't go to my family because they didn't necessarily know, you know, what I was seeking, but I knew that there were places, you, you do financial tips every Friday and then other places that um, have resources. So it is about taking responsibility as well and not just saying, okay, my mom and my dad didn't teach me this or I didn't grow up with this but really taking responsibility for the direction of your life and saying, I may not have come up with this, but the resources are available and in my reach. And I'm just going to do what I can do to get to where it is I want to be. So I think that is um, just so important. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I've been doing the finance tips too. I mean, again, it's like, you want to make sure that this information is just out there. You know, I, I do this because I want to help people. And with my business, Missing Peace Financial Group, <laughs> I, I believe I have like this perfect marriage between the information, the inspiration, and just the heart um, to, to, do it for, to do it for the people. And so, yeah, every Friday we have a finance party on, on social media. And I'm often, often getting DMs and emails and, you know, text messages from people saying I did this I look how much I have now I've saved this much I've been following your tips small things and all the way up to like really big things like um paying off tax debt like all types of stuff and so I'm excited I'm glad I started it and I'm excited to just see how far it's gonna go every Friday every yes Friday. every and they're good tips too like it's not fluff it's okay stuff that you can actually um apply and and do and so we do see the successes. I see the testimonials that you post, but everybody is not reaching their financial goals. So why do you think some people don't reach their financial goals? I think a lot of it has a lot to do with low self-worth because we kind of can't blame it on lack of information anymore. Um, we can't blame it on it being too complex because that used to be the thing too, where it was like, we talk about stocks and shares and retirement and all these other things uh we there's the, the wording we don't really understand or the lingo we don't really understand and so we have we we would have these people charging us ridiculous amount of money to take our money and we don't even really understand what they're doing with it and so 
I pride myself on being the people's finance coach. So when we talk about our tips or when I have sessions, I'm breaking it down. I'm speaking in a language that everyday people can understand. This is what you can do today. This is what you can do tomorrow. And so um, we've, we've breaking it down to small little bite-sized digestible uh, tips. And, and I think that the only thing that prevents people from moving forward for the most part is the low self-worth that we do not believe we are worth that the more we do not believe that we will ever experience any kind of freedom or that we are worth you know being free or, or that we will ever be free and so we just kind of go into those those cycles that low self-worth leads to bad spending habits and then that leads to guilt and then it comes brings us right back to low self-worth and so we, we find ourselves in these circus circles that just keeps going 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 and um it is my intention to kind of just break that cycle kind of pull out and deal with that low self-worth. Where does that come from? Who, who told you that you weren't worth more? Who, who told you that you couldn't do better? Um, and, and just show that the small things go a long way. I think that's another thing too. I think that for a lot of people, we get overwhelmed. We look at our debt. We look at um, all these other things that we want to do and we get overwhelmed. We're like, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. There's no way I'm ever be able to retire or or whatever, and so when we break them down into smaller uh, smaller goals or daily things that we could do, um, it, it becomes easier. But there's always still going to be, you know, that idea that like, what's the point? I'm never going to be able to, you know, to do this or get there. And that that comes from that kind of that just comes from within, not yeah. not have not having, you know, that 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 desire for more or higher or better or brighter um, that we have to pull up and deal with yeah I can definitely relate though to that overwhelming piece because I have student loan debt and I went I got student loans for undergrad and grad school and my grad school I went to a private school so you can just imagine how much student loan debt I have (laughs) and so when it's time you know, as an adult, because all during school, you know, they just tell you defer, 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 forbearance, forbearance. But then when it's time for you to go back and look at what you actually have to pay, when I calculated how much money I owed in student loans, it was overwhelming. It was literally like six-figure debt. And I was overwhelmed and I just was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this off. And it, it, it can be depressing when you just feel like you don't have a plan. But like you said, and I talked about this in um, another podcast episode that me starting to um, on my own personal road to financial freedom, I started small. And so I didn't used to have savings, but now I do have savings because I started small, like just saving small amounts of money um, and not trying to just knock out huge amounts of debt all at once. But like you always say, one dollar at a time and and every dollar counts. And I think that is really helpful for anybody that's on their journey, like not letting the circumstance overwhelm you because that can paralyze you and even attempting to to continue on in your path. Um, So I can totally relate to that overwhelming thing. Um, And then you were talking about um, how our, you mentioned something about how our thoughts or something are framed when we are, by the time we're seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk a little bit about the importance of 
sharing financial, like even just having financial discussions as if, you know, for the parents, just having financial discussions with your children. Because I know when I grew up, we didn't talk about money at all. Yeah. We still don't talk about money, but <laughs> <laughs> like just talk about the importance and even just how you can do that as a parent so that it doesn't seem overwhelming. Yeah. So before I answer that question, I kind of want to touch a little bit more on what you said about the overwhelming feeling. So to date, I have paid off over $91,000 worth of debt on top of uh, saving a year's worth of my income in cash. And I like to share that story because I literally did that $1, one coupon, one a cooked home cooked meal, one packed lunch at a time. I never had a lump sum of anything. God has not answered that prayer for me yet, but he still has time. <laughs> yes. Um, right. But, <laughs> but I I I love the fact that I do have that story because again I believe it does encourage the everyday person who is literally only doing it one dollar at a time. And so you look at that huge number and you're like, ninety one thousand dollars, that's crazy. But yeah, that was literally a dollar at a time. And so I have practices where I do something every day where I increase my net worth. Some days I'm only increasing it by twenty dollars. You know, some days, I, you know, I increase it by a little bit more than that, but I do something every day that will increase my net worth. And the way that you do that is either decreasing your liabilities and increasing your assets. So decreasing how much you owe and increasing how much you own. And so something, one thing every day I do to increase my net worth. So I just wanted to touch on that because I do understand the overwhelming feeling um, that can come with debt and that can come with savings and all those things, but just understanding that um, every dollar does definitely add up. But we definitely had to start breaking the cycle with our young people early. I call them uh, future millionaire millionaires in training. And there are countless studies that show that our financial habits and our triggers are formed by the age of seven. And that comes from even if you're not talking to the child directly, you know, maybe grandmom's, you know, yelling on the phone to complain on the phone about money or about bills and the, the child is overhearing these conversations or maybe uh, your parents, the parents are arguing on the way back home from the mall because mommy spends too much and daddy's upset and you think that, you know, the babies aren't listening, they're on their phones, but they're definitely paying attention. I had a young lady, a little girl in single digits, come over to me and say that um, daddy's always ruining the fun. And she's saying that because every time mom, you know, they go out and, and spend money, mommy's happy. And then when they come home, daddy's yelling. And so she, to her, to the little girl, he's ruining the fun. Wow. And so I had to pull her father aside and say, do you know that your daughter looks at you as the person who ruins the fun all the time? And that is because you don't know how to take your money conversations to the bedroom. You don't know how to word what you say when you're talking about money. She doesn't know it's a money issue, but she's thinking this thing, this money thing always makes daddy upset. So this must be something bad. And so now she's forming these triggers or she's forming these habits or she's forming this negative relationship with money because all she sees is it causing issues in her home. Mm. Wow. And so I said to him, I'm, I'm sure you want your, your little girl to look at you as a hero, as a, you know, the one who, you know, 
she can do whatever she can say whatever she wants to you know have these comfortable conversations but no she walked up to me and told me that you always ruin the fun and um she explained to me the why she feels that way and so we got to be mindful of the conversations we have around children because they can feel energy um we got to make sure that we are uh speaking to them directly about money which is another thing a lot of parents feel like they are sheltering their kids from this big green monster so we're gonna let them be kids we're not gonna talk to them about money we're not gonna let them worry about that and i'm like that's a big mistake because you're not preparing them for the real world the real world everything you need money for everything you know what i mean like money is what's making our world go around so i don't really know how you think you're going to prepare them for a world that everything involves money if you don't talk to them about money and so i say we should have conversations as early as possible i tell parents as soon as they start asking for stuff that's when you start asking them questions about money that's when you start uh, they ask questions you ask questions too <laughs> you know like um they ask for a particular toy or particular item or something in a store ask them how much is it read the price tag help them read that price tag help them understand the value of those numbers on, on those tags under those items that they're asking for this is not free this is not a free fall you know what i mean teach them especially now i think it's important to start to teach kids about money while we still have cash around because it's going to be very difficult to teach kids about money without cash it's like the value without cash and we're going to be there soon where it's just we're just going to be plastic and and tapping for everything and so um yeah i say start as early as possible have those simple conversations you know say listen we might not be able to get it at the store this week but maybe if you, we can you can earn half the money by helping me you know with the dishes tonight or helping me save set the table tonight and then i'll give you the other half and we can come back next week and uh and, and we can get it but use real words use real money words give them a job not a chore give them mm. a give them a bank even if it's a box call it a bank you know um and so you got you want to invest use use money words when you're talking to them you don't have to break it down into little baby words you know they they will rise to your to your level let them come up to you and so um that's something i think we should do as much as much as possible yeah that is so good because i know when i was um coming up you were talking about the how kids um we may not think that they are listening or we might not have the conversations, but they're picking up on energy or they're overhearing conversations and kind of drawing their own conclusions. And so I know when I was, I was older though, I was in high school, but I know this kind of shaped some of the things that I did. I would overhear my parents like, argue. I don't know, I don't know if they were arguing, but having heated discussions about money or disagreeing about money. And so I think I was in 10th grade and I chose not to go to like the school dance because I didn't want to ask my parents for money because they would be disagreeing about money. And so that's just so real. Like kids really take on the burdens and those feelings when as parents, you might not think they are, but they really are. And so just having those conversations, and I love what you said, just have the conversations using the real language. Um, And they will rise to the occasion, like kids are smarter than we think they are, and they definitely Mm -hmm. will get it. So I love that. I love that. 
Um, so you talked about how every day you add to your net worth. So what does that look like? What are some examples of how you do that? And then also just kind of share since we're in COVID-19 is happening right now. Like what are your best tips for people to kind of still manage their money during this uncertain time? So when we talk about our net worth, again, uh, to do the math on your net worth, you have to take what you own and the, and subtract what you owe. So we have to have our assets uh, minus our liabilities. And so the only way to increase your net worth is to decrease your liabilities, which may be your debts, which may be um, other different things that you may owe money on. And... Or, or maybe even bad investments, um, and then increase your assets, which could be your retirement plan, which could be your uh, savings accounts or anything like that, your investment accounts as well. Um, <clears throat> and so one day, every day I do something that uh, either decreases my liabilities or paying down some of my debt or increasing my assets. And so there are so, such small ways that you can do that. Um, and, and a lot of it can be even taking care of the assets you already have. And I'll give you an example for today. Today, um, I, have a, I, have, I haven't had a car note in, in nine years. And so I am protecting my investment. That is my asset. My car is my asset. And I went and got like some extra stuff done, done on it today. Just, you know, oil change. It wasn't even ready for oil change yet. Just air filters, just a lot of little stuff that was just me investing back into this asset and putting more value into this asset that it will go longer and I won't have to, you know, put more money out for another liability. Um, and so there, are, you can do, you know, when it comes to your home, there's various things, ways you can do to increase the value of your home. Um, but I'm consistently paying down um, in any debts that I may have. If I do use a credit card here and there, you know, I'm paying it all. So there's, there's a there's something in the plan every day. So again, it could be something small. You're just paying twenty dollars on your American Express card this day, or you are um, putting a little bit of extra money into your investment account or your your brokerage accounts. You know, just something like that. You definitely want to pay attention to that because most of the people, especially in our area, I think it is seventy five percent of the people in our area in Philadelphia. Um, have a negative left have a negative net worth so you're worth less than a dollar um and i know recently i put in my tips that you really want to aim to be wealthy and not necessarily rich because um rich is just like oh you have a lot of money coming in wealthy is more so where you have the actual freedom that comes with uh, financial freedom and so you t or just to have net that net worth um that is up where it should be or above where it should be for your age. And so we talk about Michael Jackson dying with millions and millions of dollars worth of debt. So it's like, this guy makes all this money and he's the biggest star in the world. And people would pay him for just about anything. He could just smile and get a check. And meanwhile, he owes, he owed so many people. He owed so many people when he died. And then we talk about a lot. A lot of money. I think the number was like three hundred million dollars. Wow! So there's there's your difference between being rich and being wealthy. You know, he wasn't decreasing his liabilities; he was increasing his liabilities. Because you still have people who, uh, according to them, they own you. 
They own your future earnings. Even someone as big as and as huge as he was. And so uh, just baby steps, baby steps. But I would say as far as now, when we are in this COVID-19, um, or even if you're experiencing a personal pandemic of your own, uh, whenever you listen to this, uh, or shutdown of your own, you want to think about, again, the small things every day. You should have a money moment every day. And some days it's going to be, oh, I'm listening to a money podcast or I'm, I'm reading a money book or I'm doing um, my, I'm reviewing my budget. Um, other days it's going to be, I'm, you know, putting together my debt-free plan. I am reviewing my retirement options. I am reviewing my investments. So again, one step closer every day. You should be one step closer every day. And so definitely you want to save as much as possible. If you don't have a thousand dollars saved for emergency, that should be your number one goal that you, uh, as far as financially, that you're, you're working towards right now. Um, and then build on that. Definitely build on that because that is where the peace comes from. And so I named my company Missing Peace, P-E-A-C-E, because I don't want it to be like this this idea in the future or when I get this amount and I feel like we do this as Christians too as believers too like when I get the husband I'll be this way or when I get mm. to the promised land I'll be this way or I'll be happy then or when I get the house I'll, it's always whatever the next thing my business gets to this amount I'll be and my intention is to help us all find the peace along the journey to pull up the, those small pieces, bits of pieces to reclaim your, your, your nighttime and sleeping good and to reclaim the peace that, you know, God, God has for you um, as you go on your journey towards financial freedom and not just saying, oh man, when I retire, then I'll be able to do this. So then I'll feel this way. No, you don't want to, you want to find joy in every $20 you save. You want to find joy in every $50 you pay off. You want to, you want to feel like you want to feel that weight coming off of you at every step of the journey. And so definitely now we want to save as much as possible. We want to um, make sure that we're clear on what we owe. A lot of people don't even know. That's Who true. Know? <laughs> so true. I mean, uh, and that also goes to also a lot of people don't even know what their take home pay is. Like, we just kind of like, oh, my employer says I'm $60,000 a year and we're really living off of $60,000 a year. And we haven't calculated the fact that you won't, you're not going to see that, sweetheart. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe 45, maybe 40, you know, you got to bring all that down, depending on how much you're paying for insurance and all that other stuff. So calculating your real take home pay is something big for a lot of people as well. It's like an eye opener. Copy, you know, calculate that, calculate your debt, and put together a, a, a plan and a budget and review it every week. Review it every week, track your spending, look look for different leaks in your spending habits, two dollars here, three dollars here, four dollars here. Oh, it's just it's just a tip for this. Oh, it's just our Wednesday thing. Or oh, it's just our, you know, look for those type of um, triggers that you may, you know, maybe certain days of you are, you know, having certain lonely days. That was my issue. That was my issue. When I tracked my spending, I realized I was spending too much. I was spending more, a lot of money on Sundays 
and I had to dig and figure out where that came from. And I'm saying, you know what? It's because of loneliness. Because on Sundays you go to church and everybody's there with their families. They probably got matching outfits and then you go to social media. Families are getting together watching the football game and Sunday dinners. And then I'm just like looking for some way of escaping so I can not scroll or, you know, I'm looking for something to do. And so I noticed that loneliness was causing me to spend a lot more money on Sundays. And so I had to create a budget that would pr- prevent me from doing that. And wow. so, yeah, yeah. So now for all of my clients, we track to spend at least for 10 days for all of my clients. And I explained to them why I've made that a part of staple in my, in my business, because that helped me save thousands of dollars, just digging into that one issue um, and, and digging it up from the root and just, you know, giving myself a spending limit for Sundays and, I've saved a lot just making that one little change. Wow. That's that's really good. You made some good points. Um, you were talking about just having peace throughout the entire financial journey and not when we arrive at the destination. Um, I found, so since I've been more intentional about tracking my finances, my spending, like I literally know where every dollar goes. And I find so much joy when I'm able to save because I do a thing where I save 20% of everything I have coming in. And it's like so much joy when I'm able to transfer that money to my savings account instead of just saying, okay, I'll be happy or, you know, I'll be good when I get to, you know, X amount of dollars or six figures, whatever. That having that peace throughout the journey is, it's a real thing and it definitely can happen. And I know you were, um, talking about loneliness was one of your triggers. And for me, I realized that I'm, well, not so much anymore, but I used to be an emotional shopper. So if I was like upset about something or if I was, you know, going through some type of emotional moment, I would go shopping to make myself feel better. And so once I realized that, I just was more intentional with actually not doing it and so it does take a level of self-examination when it comes to your finances because it is deeper you know it is deeper than just a budget it's 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 a lot of things that's attached to it like we were talking about earlier you know your beliefs your mindset um your triggers your habits what you grew up with there's a lot um and it does take some work and a level of accountability and um, responsibility so it might be work, but it's definitely worth it in the end. Um, and I'm sure your clients can kind of testify to that as well, that the process doing the work is worth it. Yeah, and I, and I think we all have emotional triggers when it comes to spending. I think we all have it. Um, There's certain things I say to, and I've posted these in my tips that, you know, like women, when it's that time of the month, only use cash or men right after a breakup only use cash because you know i think we all have those those triggers in in our emotions and we we always connected to money or spending or you know retail therapy quote unquote and for you know for those for those people i always say you know make a list of things that you enjoy or things that bring you joy that are under ten dollars or under twenty dollars make that list when you're in good spirits, when you're not emotional, um, when you're feeling great. And you may find that a lot of things on the list is actually free. Like my list includes 
calling certain people that I know is going to make me laugh or bring me joy or make me feel better or pray for me. Um, but then it also includes like the $2 Chick-fil-A frosted lemonades. It also Listen. includes like, so there are, what happens is a, a whole lot of studies basically show when it comes to retail therapy that basically your brain doesn't know the difference between a $5 quote unquote fix and a $500 fix. And I think that what happens is we go out and we spend and we think that the more money we spend, the better we will feel and we will fill this void. But your brain is actually not processing that the way you think it is. So what happens is you can just do one thing and even if it's only $3, even if it's only $5, you're actually going to get the same amount of joy um, minus the guilt that comes on <laughs> comes later when you do spend five hundred dollars, um, your brain is actually going to uh, respond the same way. And so, a lot of people do not know that. Again, you think if I spend more, then I'm gonna feel better, but it's really not actually how it works. And so, I think that we're all there. So that's you know making yeah. a list of things that you know that bring you joy. That's under ten dollars, under twenty dollars, and, and keep it on your phone. A lot of my clients have that list right on their phone. So as soon as they're having a moment and they're sitting in their car, they pick off something off the list instead of just randomly going to the mall and just pulling for whatever, not knowing right. what I'm looking for, or just going for whatever. Um, and that saves a lot of money as well. Wow, that was so good. Didn't even know that about the brain. I hope y'all took note of that because that was some <laughs> that was some bombs dropped. Okay, <laughs> so oh man, this was so good. You gave so much good information. I love the tip that you said. Have a money moment every day. That is so good. Um, mm -hmm. Saving money. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to? get on track with their um, finances or they just want to connect with you? So if you want to teach your kids about money early, um, I wrote Amber's Magical Savings Box, which is an interactive children's book. It teaches kids about earning and saving money. It is an Amazon bestseller, but it is also available in Barnes and Noble um, and Target and Walmart. Yay. So it's for ages three to 10 and it's interactive. So the children have to write their financial dreams and goals in the book. There are affirmations there, but they also have to follow Amber's journey to see if she earns enough and saves enough for this magical toy. Everyone at school has that she doesn't have. So it's a really good tool um, that's used perfect five-star rating on Amazon still two years later from parents and grandparents all over. And so it's a great investment. Amber's Magical Savings Box. You can find it everywhere. Books are sold for your millionaire in training. But I, um, I, you can find me on rachelhannibal.com, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-H-A-N-I-B-L-E. All the information about the one-on-one -on -one sessions and to request a one-on-one -on -one session is on there. The packages I offer to book me for a webinar or for your event to uh, speak to your young people or to your adults. I have classes starting at ages three all the way up to 100. So I teach everybody about financial freedom. So you can, uh, you can request to, to book me for your next event there. Also, you can join our Finance Friday parties on social media. You can follow me on Instagram, peptalks underscore peptalks, P-E-P-T-A-L-K-S underscore and my Facebook is just my first and last name, Rachel Hannibal, on Facebook. So come join us every Friday uh, for the Friday, 10 Friday, 10 Friday finance tips. Uh, we, we have a ball on Fridays. 
uh, just getting our money together and just having that open, transparent conversation about money. Awesome. So guys, get connected. Rachel is the real deal. She's giving you the real information, the real tea, no fluff. Um, so get connected if you need it. This was so good. We'll have to do a part two for sure. Um, again, everybody, thank you for tuning in and I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Seek God Slay Goals podcast. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Seek God Slay Goals.